0: We want to thank Brother and Sister Strebel Calvary Apostolic Church Everything they have done What a wonderful, wonderful Host they always are Incredible people Come to our church the last few years And preached our anniversary services And they are such a blessing to us The Strebel family will always Always hold a very special place in my life About eight and a half nine years ago. I was at a very difficult time of my life and it was into that open door that they walked and just filled a very important part and uh, what a joy, what a joy to know them. Amen. I've been here so many times that uh, nobody's uh, probably uh, unfamiliar with me, maybe one or two that haven't been here but I got to trying to count it up today and it's like 21 services in these youth conferences, so it's been a bunch of them, and uh preach everything out. We'll go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 4. Indiana's a wonderful place, a lot of minutes, food, not a lot of things here, and uh, when you go someplace, it's almost impossible not to compare it with your home locale, and uh, we do have some things that you don't have, and you have some. Chapter number 4, Amen. And I would like to just read, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. I hope you'll be patient with me today. For those of you that don't read your Bible regularly, I'm going to help your average today. All right, I'm going to help you catch up on your daily Bible reading. Amen. So, those of you that are caught up, you can take the next couple of days off. I'm going to help you boost your average. In 1 Kings chapter 4, verse number 1 says so king solomon was king over all israel drop down to verse 20 judah and israel were many as the sand which is by the sea all the kings on this side in the river on the all sides round about them he had peace on all sides round about them and judah and israel dwelt safely every man under his vine and under his fig tree from dan even to beersheba all the days of solomon to the palm tree i will take hold of the boughs thereof now also thy breast shall be as clusters of the vine and the smell of thy nose like apples and the roof of thy mouth like the best wine that goeth down sweetly causing the lips of those that are asleep to i am my beloved and his desire is toward me come my beloved in essence she's saying Let's get out of here. And then, closing verses, chapter 8, verse 5. Who is this, that cometh from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raised thee up under the apple tree. There thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm. For love is strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as waters cannot quench love. Neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance for his house, for love it would be utterly contemned. And finally, his last comparison in, in verse 12. My vineyard which is mine is before me. Thou, O Solomon, must have a thousand, and those that keep the fruit thereof two hundred. Thou that dwellest in the gardens, the compen- Help us, help us, help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There's no question that this today is uh, a love song. Everybody would agree to that. I want to say at the start here today that what I'm going to interpret and preach to you today, if for any reason it should conflict or be a different interpretation from your pastor, your pastor is right. And his effort when he first started. And this story that I'm going to relate to you today, by the help of the Lord, came in his early years. It did not come in his latter years. It's not based on cynicism or bitterness or anger or acrimonious thoughts toward anybody. It was when he was young started good you know he became the most brilliant man on the face of the earth he was a very wise man and during this time in i'm going to i'm going to take the liberty to insert the song of solomon in this time period of his life when he was building the house of lebanon or had just completed it and i'll give you my reasons for that so If you will allow me today for just the next 15 or so minutes, what I want you to do is just pull up your chair and sit and listen to a little story as I tell it to you. This story involves three people. There is a shepherd, there is a Shunammite girl, and there is Solomon. Now, I don't want to cross swords with preachers today, so just let me tell it my way. Some people always equate Solomon with God. In fact, I got into a very uh, terse discussion just last week with a prominent nationally known preacher. If I call his name, everybody in the building would know him. And we were discussing this, and he said, Oh, no, oh, no. He said, Solomon represents God. And he began to give me all of his reasons. And I said, Well, that's good, brother. I, I don't have a problem with you believing that as long as you allow me to believe what I want to believe. I don't have a problem. He said, No, no. No, he, he wasn't uh, willing to allow me to have my position. He said, Solomon represents God. I said, all right, brother, that's fine. I just have a little problem with this thousand wives part of it. It's one reason. He said, well, that's not a very good reason. I said, well, let me give you another one. Solomon is the man that in his desire to achieve overbuilt. He is the man that charged his credit card to the max and couldn't pay the bill. And when Hiram came to collect, he said, I don't have any money to give you, so I'll give you these 20 cities on the northern part of our kingdom as payment for what I owe you because my treasuries are empty. I have exhausted my bank account and I have nothing more to give. Hiram looked at those 20 cities and called them Kabul, which means worthless. He didn't think they were worth anything at all. So Solomon not only had 700 wives and 300 concubines, but he also overspent sowed the seeds of discontent in the nation and when he died his own son could not pull it back together and the nation was rent in half and torn in two and great civil war erupted and came from that that overspending on the part of Solomon that's my take on the historical part so I am going to present to you today that uh, Solomon represents are you ready for this This is very, very profound, and so you've got to really put your thinking cap on to get this one, all right? I'm going to submit to you today that Solomon represents... Are you ready? Are you ready? Solomon represents Solomon. The law of hermeneutics says it's to be taken at face value unless it can't mean that. So when I read Solomon, I'm just believing that it really is talking about Solomon. All right. So I'm going to give you my interpretation of this little story because it is indeed a beautiful story. We know that David was the great hymn writer of Israel. We all acclaim him. And yet we only have 73 recorded songs that David wrote. And yet we don't know how many he wrote, but we know that he wrote 73. And yet the Bible says concerning Solomon that he wrote 1,005 songs. I'm going to make a quantum leap and connect dots today that, there's, um, that, that some of you may discount what I'm fixing to say. But we do know that he wrote one song, just read part of it to you. He wrote one song to a woman in tribute to a woman and the choices that she made in life. We know that he made one song, the number one hit, the best song in the land, and it was written to a woman. And he had a thousand women. And he wrote a thousand songs. So don't throw too many rocks at me when I submit to you that when he got caught up with a babe, he got inspired to write. I may not be right, but you can't prove me wrong. Thousand women, thousand songs. He wrote this one, and in hindsight looked at him and said, that's the best one I ever wrote. It's the song of songs. I'm going to submit to you today that the reason that it was the song of songs was because it was a tribute to a woman who could not be allured away from the shepherd. It was a song about a woman when he dazzled her with the very best he could prevent provoke her with he gave her clothes he gave her opportunity he brought her into his castle he wined her and dined her and when the bottom line choice was made she said I don't want your castle I don't want your riches I don't want to be one out of a thousand women I want to be with the shepherd and Solomon said I've never met a woman like this I think I'll write a song in her tribute for her morality and her virtue that's what I believe. So I want to tell you the little story and show you just the little ins and outs of it because it's, it's such a cute little story. Somewhere this, this young girl was the last of a family of siblings and so she gets the lousy job. You know, the youngest gets the bad jobs. They get passed down through the pecking order. And so the lousy job was watching the sheep. And it was not... Considered good in Bible times for a woman to have dark skin. She, her translucent skin, and the closer she was to having a pale translucent skin, the more valued she was, still valued in Oriental countries today. Americans, we look at it different, and tanning booths abound, and we love that, that weathered look, that sun-baked look, but they didn't go for that in the Bible. And, and so when, when it opens up, and this is just my opinion, and you know, opinions are like belly buttons, everybody's got one, so take it for what it's worth, but when this book opens she is daydreaming she is in it's, it's like interrupting a story and then it gives you the background and then it gives you the current setting and it gives you the final line she is in the castle the summer palace the house of Lebanon that Solomon built and she is there contemplating her circumstances and this is what had happened she had been The shepherdess, she had taken the flocks of her family and gone out into the field, probably chagrined and angry and, and feeling bad by the fact that she had this menial task that no one else wanted, and so it was bumped down to the lowest-ranking member of the family. And, and she goes out, probably with a bit of an attitude and a little a bad spirit about the whole thing. And, and lo and behold, as, as she began to take care of those sheep, she found a shady spot to sit, and she uh, finds herself sitting under the apple tree. And, and she begins to enjoy the fruit of the apple tree. And she watches her flocks. And there are many hours to while away the long afternoons. And, and she begins to unwind and enjoy her job a little more. And then to her surprise, she looks up one day and... and uh, on her horizon comes a young man and and he also has a flock possibly this was a place where many shepherds and shepherdesses came but she sees this young man and being the demure kind of person that she was and i'm going to paint her today the way i want to see her we don't know her physical attributes other than the poetic language like you know your teeth are like a flock of goats well that doesn't mean a whole lot to me and so i'm just going to paint her as a very robust, very attractive, simple, beautiful woman that did not need any uh, enhancements of Hollywood. She didn't need any regal robes. She was, just, she was just a stunning, vibrant, beautiful, young maid. She's barefooted. Her skin is bronzed. She's the perfect height. She's the perfect caricature. Nothing is just uh, out of order with her. She's just a stunningly beautiful young woman that has no concept of her beauty at all. And across her path comes this young shepherd boy, that who is also in his own way simple, but also very robust, very earthy. When you hear their words one to another, the euphemisms that they use, the phrases that they interact with, they are, they are earthy, they are Country, if you please, when Solomon opens his mouth to speak at least by my interpretation of the book, then Solomon uses flowery words and he uses big phrases and he tries to impress her with his with his gaudy speech, but but the shepherd doesn 't do that. The shepherd is just straightforward he 's simple speaking, but he 's direct and he 's honest and he 's good, and so somewhere they meet and they begin to spend time uh, together, and they begin to talk, probably at the first, just as Friendship. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, where's your family from? How many people in your... You know, just the trivial talk of two people getting acquainted. But somewhere, if I'm reading the story correctly, in the confines of her mind and in the inner sanctum of her heart and spirit she began to feel feelings toward this young shepherd and she realized that she had never felt these feelings for anyone before. And the early chapters in my opinion are the chapters that speak of how she feels about her shepherd and that she is falling deeply in love with him. And one night early in this before Solomon's arrival, one night after they have gone and the sun has peaked behind the horizon and the, and the sheep are all comfortably laid down and they're back in the confines of their little village he comes across the midnight and he skips across the fields and, and his garments are stained with the dew of the night and the fragrance of flowers and passing and, and he comes to a place in the wall where she is there he begins to talk to her and, and, and express himself by night what he was incapable of saying by day the love and the feelings that he has in his heart that he was embarrassed to say into the apple tree in the heat of the day he has found the courage in this amorous moment to speak to her through the lattice and and they their hearts are knit together and they are in love one with another and life is good and life is simple and life is uncomplicated and everything is just on the right track somewhere in this story it begins to unfold in chapter number 3 They are sitting in the high mountain meadows of Lebanon. And not too far from them is the summer house of Lebanon that Solomon has built. And all of a sudden in their midday perusals of just enjoying each other's company and talking about the little trivialities of life that build real friendships. They're just sitting there doing nothing. And all of a sudden the Bible says, Who is this that cometh? They look up. And a dust cloud on the horizon, it announces the arrival of somebody. And they say, Who is this that cometh up out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke? perfumed with myrrh and frankincense and and powders of the merchant these two young simplistic country people are absolutely blown away when they see the elegance and the opulence of this caravan that is coming we know from the biblical account that there are 60 men surrounding the bed alone and they are strapped on their thighs swords and they are soldiers of great value and so they are the bodyguard the forward retinue of Solomon as he makes his way through and following that bed with 60 armed bodyguards is, is a chariot and they have never seen a chariot like this before their eyes are bugging out their jaws are slack They look and they say, didn't know anything like this even existed in the whole world. He said the pillars of the chariot were made out of silver that glistened in the sunlight. The bottom of the chariot was of solid gold. And the coloring of it was purple, indicating the royalty that that was housed inside this chariot. And the part that absolutely causes me to laugh out loud when I read this in private every single time is it says, the midst thereof being paved with, With love. Now I hope I don't blow anybody's theory here, but I'm going to tell you what I think this was. At this stage in the game, Solomon already has 60 wives and 80 concubines. I think he had developed a nice little chariot to cruise and look for wives. I may not be right, but you can't prove me wrong. He's cruising through the wilderness, least expecting here in the backwater area of Lebanon, of all places, to find a bay. And all of a sudden, the curtains part, and he looks out, and even Solomon from a hundred yards away is absolutely struck. With the simplistic beauty and allurement of the Shutemite. it's a fleeting glimpse. then the curtain closes, and away they go. And they talk about it, man, was not that? something did you have you ever seen anything I didn't even know anything like that existed in the world and they're, they're talking about this the rest of, what would it be like to ride in a chariot like that what would it be like to they, they look down at their simple uh, a shepherd and shepherdess clothes and, and their, their, their unadorned bodies and they think wow what a life that we'll never know anything about and that night they bid farewell one to another and go to their places of residence and lay down and have their evening meal and lay down to sleep and somewhere in that nighttime. A messenger comes from the king and beckons her and says, the king would like to see you, young lady. He, he has something. Me? You must have the wrong answer. Ed- you, you got the wrong place here, and no, 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 no we, we we've got the right house and and you come with me i I want to take you and introduce you to somebody and no doubt she felt she felt so inferior, she felt so so un, unready for this, and, and she is totally befuddled by it. Her mind is not clear, and, and what is this is not really happening to me? this must be some kind of a dream i I, I, don't, I don't know what to think and, and they usher her into a place and say, you need to change your garments, darling. You're really not in a kind of dress to approach the king. And really, we've got some hot baths ready for you and some, some ointments and fragrances ready for you. And, and we notice that your feet are bare and obviously you don't have any shoes. So we would like to put some shoes on your feet and bring you into the presence of Solomon. And so she does. She bathes and does all of the things that they tell her. And these other 140 babes are looking on. The 60 wives and 80 concubines are giving her the once-overs only a woman can do to another woman. She ain't so hot. Look how dark she is. Peasant. <laughs> Till she'd been out in the sun. Wonder what she does for a living. Wonder who she'd been hanging out with. Can't believe Solomon's eye would fall on this kind of material. And so they're giving her the once-over, which shrinks her inside. She already feels like a total out of place. But they get her dolled up, and she walks into the presence of Solomon, and he begins in chapter 4 to tell her his rude talk. He begins to tell her how beautiful she is. He begins to tell her, I've got a place for you in my house. You'll never sleep on the floor again. You'll never go barefooted again in all of your life. You'll never shop at Goodwill again. You will wear the finest clothes on the face of this earth. You will live in the finest house on the face. Do you understand how it must have absolutely took her breath away to go from where she was to where he was in one night's time? Something stirred the young shepherd. She goes off to bed to think it over. He wants an answer in the morning. She goes to bed, her mind spinning, trying to compare the two. And as you read the story, she's thinking about this one, and thinking about that one. Pull this way, pull that. Do I want to go with Solomon? Do I want to go with my shepherd? What if she is just overwhelmed and in a tears, and she's totally dumbfounded and confused. Something stirred her young shepherd and he rises in the night and he goes to her tent to talk to her, to peek through the lattice again as he has on days gone by. And she's not there. And he asked her family, where is she? And they said, Solomon sent a messenger. His heart feels like lead. It plummets to the bottom of his stomach. And something rises up in this young shepherd boy that said, I don't have his muscle. I don't have his money. I cannot compete with Solomon, but I am not going to surrender the love of my life that easily. And he takes off through the night. And he runs through the hills and the dangers of the night until he finally gets to that place called the palace in Lebanon, the summer house of Solomon. And he doesn't know where she's at, so he scales the wall. And he begins to go from room to room trying to find her and in chapter number 5 he knocks on her door and she can't believe what she's hearing she said it's the voice of my beloved and she hesitates I I don't know what to do I'm not really dressed proper and while she hesitates he's still looking for her him, she instantly begins to run through the city and say, where is he? Has anybody seen him? And they begin to grab her and say, what's wrong with you woman? 140 female heads in curlers with Noxema on their face, are looking out their doors. What's wrong with this babe? She's running from woman to woman saying, you don't understand. He's my beloved. He's my beloved. And she starts telling them, they said, so calloused. They said, what is your beloved among so many? Because they were for sale. Because they could be bought. When you put the right bait in front of them, they signed the dotted line. They couldn't understand a woman that had virtue. They couldn't understand a woman that had morals. They couldn't understand a woman that said, I'm not in this for what I can get out of it. I'm in it because of a relationship with somebody that I love. Couldn't understand her. Blew their mind. So she goes back to bed. She's confused. The next morning, Solomon smug because he's had 140 of them that couldn't turn him down. He thinks, no problem here. This poor peasant girl, ha, I can wrap this up this morning. And he calls her in in the latter parts of chapter 6. And he begins once again to put the move on her begins to tell her all of the beautiful things that she is and what he can do for her. And he he really clenches the knot in chapter 7, verse 1. When she walks in, Brother Spell, he gives her the once-over to make her feel real beautiful. Then he says, Brother Barney looks at and he says, How beautiful are thy feet with shoes. She's never had shoes before. He is saying, in essence, I can give you things he can't give you. I can cause you to live a lifestyle that he'll never allow you to live. You can be a forgotten person in the backwaters of Lebanese mountains, or you can be a queen in my house. And she is pulled two different directions. She's trying to assimilate this. Trying to understand the raging feelings on the inside of her. And it's at that moment that Solomon made his fatal mistake. He should have left apples alone. He had her going. She was listening. Everything was going good. And all of a sudden he said, your mouth smells like apples. Friend. when he said apples she absolutely came out of her trance she snapped up she remembered an apple tree she remembered a lover that reached up and plucked an apple she didn't want fine clothes
1: she didn't want fame she stood to her feet and she said I am my beloved and he is mine
0: It's an awesome moment. Be seated. Be seated. I gotta hurry. I gotta go catch a plane. It was an awesome moment. Those 140 other women sitting around, hair fixed perfectly, and mascara everywhere decked with jewels and gold and all kinds of clothes from around the world and and here stands this simple little maiden and Solomon's putting his move on her and they can all remember what it felt like to have him make his move and they're like she's thinking to fall she's thinking to fall and all of a sudden a slight race like young peasant girl stands with her shoulders square and says I'm out of here. I don't want what you have. I don't want what you represent. I'm going back to my shepherd. I'm going to get this all mixed up. Sit down. I'm going to get this all mixed up. But why would that song be the song of songs? Because even Solomon. With his wisdom. Could see. That here. Here. Here's a young woman that can't be bought. Here's a woman that is not allured with fame or fortune. Here's a woman that no matter what I dangle in front of her or attempt to dazzle her with, her affection is not deterred. And the jilted lover wrote a song about a woman because he said, if only Israel could be as devoted to their shepherd, if only my
1: nation could love their God the way she loves her shepherd, we would survive.
0: Be seated. I'm almost done. i got to hurry. It's such a wonderful story because he was man enough, Brother Striegel, that even though she said no, Even though she said, I love him more than I love you. Even though she said, he's got more to offer me than you'll ever understand Mr. Solomon. You don't understand moments under the apple tree. You don't understand true relationship. All you understand is the glamour and glitz of the world. You're impressed with Pharaoh's daughter. You're impressed with the princesses of this world. That doesn't impress me at all. And even Solomon had enough sense to look at it and say, wait just a minute. What if Israel sang the song, the
1: Lord is my shepherd. Ah. I shall not want. what if Israel fell in love with the shepherd the way she
0: has fallen in love and that's why that's why Solomon could say I wrote a thousand songs but this is the song of songs right here I wrote a bunch of love songs and told her she was beautiful oh had all the right stuff in all the right places Boy, I could wine them and dine them. I could sing them love songs. But I met a woman that showed me more about love than all of those 140 women, all of those 1,000 women of my lifetime. It's the only woman in the Bible that I can truly tell you Solomon absolutely, unequivocally, unashamedly respected. He respected her because she made up her mind, I don't want your glitz. Why would this book be in the Bible? Why would this be relevant to young people today? Because somewhere in your life He is going to make an effort to pull you out of the church. There's going to be a sports coach that tells you what you could do if you just joined the local high school basketball team. There's going to be a sports figure in your life and you've got to look it all over and say, Hey, I'm out of here. I'm in love with the shepherd. I've spent too much time under
1: the apple tree.
0: Oh, yeah. Be seated. Somewhere... Somewhere in your high school, you beautiful, godly, virtuous young ladies, there's going to be those young men that are sick and tired of the twerps and the tramps of this world. They're sick and tired of the easy ladies. I'm sorry to say it so bluntly, but they talk about and laugh about and don't respect. And they're going to see a good, beautiful, Holy Ghost filled young lady. And they're going to make their play for you. And it's at that time, you can't look at the fact that he's the captain of the football team or he's the president of the student body. It does not. make any difference. I'm in love with Jesus, and He's the one I want. And if you want for me to move to the stars, it doesn't make me any difference. Lift your hands and make love, just a moment to the Shepherd.
1: Tell him that you're committed to him. Tell him that you're in love with him.
0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You may be seated. somewhere you're going to be in love with Jesus life is going to be good just going to be going on singing in the choir having good church testifying going to Noblesville Youth Conference just life's good just you and Jesus under the apple tree just enjoying life and all of a sudden he's going to roll up with his chariot and you're going to say I ain't never seen nothing like this I, I didn't even know these kind of things existed Boy, we can. But you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't have your own Gulf Stream. You don't have your own Manhattan townhouse and your condominium down on the banks of Miami So You don't have you don't know what this is all like. And if you're not careful, there'll be a time where you get confused. If you're not careful, you'll think, oh, I'll what do I really want here? What, 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 what should I really do? And that's when you need to remember what it was like under that apple tree. He loved you when Solomon was nowhere in sight. He loved you when you did not have shoes on your feet. He loved you when you didn't have nice clothes. Don't you turn him away for some cheap little thing out there in the world. I'm finishing you hear me he loved you not because of what you had but because of who you are the devil will never love you because of who you are he will only love you to destroy you he'll only call you up in that little love chariot to make you one of a thousand but Jesus is the true shepherd and I have to give Solomon credit that even though he was jilted, the jilted lover wrote a song. So I wrote a lot of songs in my life, but this is the song of songs. It's a song about a woman when I tried to woo her away from the simplicity of a shepherd. She refused me. She stood up squared her shoulders and made her way back to her shepherd. She stood up and she said, I am my beloved, and his desire is toward me. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Too many comparisons for time today. The shepherd was caught up in the open fields, the canopy of heaven above them, and the balustrade of beautiful fir trees and cedars of Lebanon. Solomon tried to impress her with his gardens." So when you get to the end of it all, the shepherd looks at him and says, Yeah, Solomon, you must have a thousand gardens and those that keep it a hundred different men. But I want you to know, sir, you that dwell in the gardens, I want you to understand that we're not interested in your gardens. We're not interested in your walled-in pleasures. We're interested in the freedom of being able to live the way God created us to live. We're interested in being a child the way God intended us to be a child. Her family, I conclude with this, her family did not know what would happen. They only knew the midnight messenger had carried her away. They only knew the visit by the shepherd had come in the night. And they did not know what the outcome would be. Would the shepherd come home broken hearted or would they come home as a couple? And somebody looked up and this is what they said. Who is this that cometh
1: from the wilderness Leaning upon her beloved. <laughs> her mother looked out and said, that's her. I raised her under that apple
0: tree and it paid off. Hallelujah. I taught her how to love the shepherd and it paid off in the long run. And with a mile wide grin, the young beautiful Shunammite girl said, set me has a seal upon thine heart mom let me tell you something you can put it as a seal on your arm for love is strong as death and jealousy is as cruel as the grave when I saw the jealousy in the 140 pairs of eyes from those old hags that Solomon had around him I said no thank you jealousy is as cruel as the grave he said the coals thereof are a most vehement flame she said mom I want to tell you something many waters cannot quench love neither can the floods drown it I want you to know that if a man gave everything he had everything he possessed for love we would laugh in his face love is not about what you have love is about who you are I want you to bow your head and close your eyes last night Brother Ballester did such a marvelous job of talking to us about percentages of things that in all probability are among us well let me tell you something I don't believe the young people in this meeting are second class when you put them up against the tattooed body pierced element of this world these young men that look wholesome and robust are going to shine worldly teachers worldly coaches are going to have enough sense to say that's the one I'm after And I felt like it would be worth coming to this youth conference and putting it in the heart of a young person somewhere that says you need to spend time with your shepherd. Because someday he's going to make his play. Someday Solomon will come by in that chariot and invite you in. And if you go, you will live a life of deep sadness and regret. You need to rise up and spin on your heel and say, I don't want your gardens. I don't want your chariot. I don't want your shoes. I don't want your houses. I want the shepherd. I will go back to the simple lifestyle of being an apostolic without a television, without a movie, without entertainment, without makeup, without the allurements of this world, without jewelry. I will walk through this world as a simple shepherdess, but I will be with the shepherd. He's the one I'm in love with. He's the one
1: I seek after. I don't want to look like you guys look.
0: She was the one woman Solomon could not conquer. And the jilted lover picked up his pen and wrote a song of tribute to the true love and said, Oh, that Israel would have this kind of love for her shepherd. Oh, that the people that I govern would say the Lord is my shepherd would get their eyes off the Ammonites the Hittites the false places of worship oh that Israel would come back to the place that they were in love with their shepherd I think I'll write a song about it and the jilted lover was man enough to say I gave it my best punch and she turned on her heel laughed in my face and went back to her shepherd and lived happily ever after. (laughs) Would you lift your hands and praise the Lord right now? Would you make a new commitment to Him that God doesn't matter what He trots out there, all I want is the love of my shepherd. All I want is the love of my shepherd. It's the song of songs, folks. The best of a thousand. Lift your hands and praise Him. Lift your hands and praise Him. Sing. It right now. Young people, would you step to the front with hands lifted? I love you, lift to the. Lift your hands. Step up to the front of this altar. Lift your hands to God. Lord, I'm going all the way. When the world makes its play for me, I will spin on my heel and walk out. I don't want your gardens. I don't
1: want what you have, the song of songs, the song of songs,
0: (laughs) I'll take the shepherd, I'll take the shepherd.
1: Listen to anything the world has to say. God has spoken to our hearts Hallelujah Don't put your hands down till you've made a commitment Letting God know that you want to serve Him And love Him with all of your heart Thank Him for the message and the messenger today We have heard from the Holy Ghost In this service today This is God's word to you He wants you to love Him
2: Kids, all you need to do, young folks, is j- just fall in love with Jesus, really fall in love with Him, and everything else will fade in the background. Thank you, darling. I just want to tell that I appreciate our young folks that will take a stand. How many of you young folks want to learn to take a stand and be strong and not fall for everything that comes your way because there'll be some solomon type situations of riches and fame and glory in the world but it won't be what you need thank god there's a song of songs and we got it and we're going to keep it on we're going to leave real quickly here so they're already gone but we really appreciate what we heard today don't we church how many of you parents want to do your job to help raise your children right i believe there's some sincere parents here how many of you young folks that live still live at home want to start doing better than you've ever done before would you lift your hand isn't that wonderful praise god god bless you thank you again for coming all of you you just made us feel good we couldn't we couldn't do it without you thank you very much Lord willing, we'll be back here next year if Jesus tarries and doesn't come. Uh, We're going to feed all the preachers and their wives uh, that are here if you'd like to go with us.